0: Well, Advent is full of surprises. And sometimes we may find ourselves surprised in the most ordinary moments. A friend of mine who serves as a campus minister shared a story about a surprising conversation that happened a few days before Christmas while she was in line to check out at the grocery store. Here's what happened. The customer in front of me asked, if, asked the clerk if she had any Christmas stamps. And the conversation went like so. Customer, do you have any Christmas stamps? Clerk, no, we just have Liberty Bell and some lady holding a baby. <laughs> customer, can, can I see them? Yes, that's Mary holding Jesus. I'll take those. Clerk, How did they get a picture of them? (laughs) Customer looks back to me to hide laughing, so I chime in. I bet it's someone's interpretation of what they may have looked like. Clerk, well, maybe, because I don't think anyone took pictures back then. The customer went on about her purchase and the customer behind me and I pretended to look at magazines to attempt to snuff our laughter. And as the clerk scanned the item, she kept going back to some lady holding a baby and said she had stole those stamps for weeks and she never knew it was Mary and Jesus. Well, I put on my best game face, said my friend, and I attempted to talk with her. I even managed to say with a straight face, it could happen to anyone. And as I retrieved my bags, I couldn't help but wish her Merry Christmas. As I walked away and she responded, yeah, you too. Friends, even in the checkout line, At the grocery store, Mary can surprise us. With a postage stamp picturing some lady holding a baby, we can miss the power of Mary's story. We are familiar, of course, with the story of when the angel Gabriel appears and surprises Mary with the proclamation that she will bear a son and she will name him Jesus. And the children's musical today highlighted the story of Mary and Joseph and the birth of Jesus with shepherds and adorable sheep with an angel who proclaimed, do not fear. And the innkeeper who said there was no room. In preparation for the birth of Jesus, we often skip over today's text. We don't always focus on Mary's experience or her voice, what she says between the angel Gabriel's announcement and the singing angelic chorus with the shepherds. And while Mary visits her cousin Elizabeth, who is pregnant with a promised child herself, Mary proclaims God's favor extends to the meek and the powerless. Mary lifts her voice in a subversive song that weaves together God's justice and joy. So listen with new ears to Mary's song, From Luke, from the first chapter. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Indeed, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. God has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has come to the aid of his child Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise God made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, after receiving Elizabeth's blessing, Mary praises God. She rejoices in the work of the Mighty One in her own life and gives thanks for the ways that God has blessed generations of the faithful with mercy and favor. And as she sings of God's goodness, Mary looks back to all God has done. And she also looks forward to the incredible things that are possible with God. Mary echoes the song of another woman in Scripture who praises God after giving birth to a son. Her song here in Luke echoes the song of Hannah, a woman who, like Elizabeth, longed for a child and promised that child would serve God. Both Hannah and Mary proclaim that God will favor the lowly and will humble the proud They both describe a time when the hungry will be well-fed and those with full stomachs will go away empty. Hannah and Mary describe a new world order where God will exalt the faithful and meek and the mighty and the powerful will be chastened. The Gospel of Luke weaves together the past, present, and future in telling God's unfolding story through Mary's song. Mary connects her current joy with the promises God made to her ancestors and the hope of the justice that is to come through the power of God. Now between the story of the announcement that she will bear a child and the arrival of the baby Jesus in a manger, Mary offers a message of hope and justice that will turn the tables on the powerful and will radically alter the status quo. She comforts those who are uncomfortable. And Mary makes the comfortable uncomfortable with her message of God's righteousness and mercy. Mary responds to her cousin Elizabeth's blessing with the prophetic warning that the world is about to turn towards God's love and justice. And before the shepherds visit and the magi navigate political persuasions, before Jesus is born, Mary proclaims that God's radical love will alter expectations. The Mighty One, her Savior and our Savior, will arrive in the world with glory and gumption with mercy and might. Mary sings God's praises and proclaims that God's promises will bring hope for the faithful. Now Mary and Elizabeth lived in a world searching for hope. As we prepare our hearts and make room in our hearts to welcome Jesus once again, I want to share three signs of hope that strengthened my faith this week. First, there are signs of hope and new life within creation. On the island of Maui, the 150-year-old banyan tree that was heavily damaged in the wildfires in August is sprouting new leaves, a sign of hope and progress amid the ongoing recovery efforts in the historic town of Lahenia. The Lahenia Restoration Foundation says this is the largest banyan tree in the country, and the 60-foot-tall banyan tree covers one quarter of a mile and shades nearly two-thirds of an acre, according to the foundation. It has become a beloved landmark in Lahania. An arborist and community volunteers have rallied, dousing the tree's roots with thousands of gallons of water and taking soil samples to do all they can to save this tree. And the bright green leaves coming out of the trunk are a sign of God's work of rejuvenation and new life in a community that needs hope. Also, this week, the staff passed around a thank you card from the RVA Street Singers. The choir, made up of our guests from our walk-in lunch ministry, church members, and community members. The gratitude shared was a heartfelt reminder that offering the opportunity to sing and share a meal are welcome acts of love and justice. Mary's song echoed through the thanks and appreciation that even during the pandemic, this group gathered to sing We Shall Overcome, through masks and changing meeting guidelines. And even when faced with difficult circumstances, God's people delight in singing together. And lastly, I want to share signs of hope for our church during this season of change and transition. Last May, when I described the transition process and the partnership between our church and the presbytery to find a new pastor, I highlighted that we in the PCUSA believe that the Holy Spirit can work through committees. Now, there were usually several chuckles in the room when I described the ways that we as Presbyterians, that God can work through committees, but I'm here to testify that it's a sign of hope beyond self-depreciating humor. As I worked with the nominating committee this summer and into the fall, I was moved meeting after meeting, by how the Holy Spirit was present and guiding our work. It was incredible to pay attention to the ways in which the Holy Spirit was present even on Zoom as the committee talked about the process, as the group set the pace of the process of voting on selecting the nominees and how the Spirit created a sense of clarity and contentment as the nine people that are now our pastor nominating committee came together. Now, last Sunday, I stood at the back of the sanctuary as Fred offered the benediction and began the congregational meeting after the postlude to welcome visitors and to greet those who were not led by the Spirit to stay. (laughs) And hearing people comment on the strength and confidence placed on the PNC slate was inspirational once again. Friends, change is hard and transitions can be challenging seasons for a church community. This is true. And yet, and yet, I remain hopeful about the ways the Holy Spirit keeps showing up at Second Pres, reminding us to keep the main thing the main thing, to keep singing God's praises and worship and advocating for justice and hope In the world. Mary's song of hope still sings today. Mary's Magnificat reminds us of God's promises of faithfulness and mercy, of justice and joy. So even in our troubled world, we can look for signs of God's hope. I invite you to pay attention this week to signs and songs that remind you of the glory of God. When we listen and look for them, we may be surprised in ordinary moments like waiting in line at the grocery store or in extraordinary moments when the love of God is so present, so close, we can't help but sing our hearts out. Today, we are called to follow Mary's lead, to look for God's glory and to give thanks for the wonders God has accomplished and will accomplish. We hope and seek to be a part of God's unfolding story bound up in love. Let us pray. God of glory and song, we praise you for your promises of hope and justice. Lead us to sing like Mary, to declare your righteousness even when it makes us uncomfortable. Guide us by the light and love of this season as we follow your Son, our Savior. Amen.